Hello and welcome to Valley West Cinemas. I'm your host Aaron, and this is the podcast where we take a group of related films and eliminate all but three. Today I'm joined by Tara. Hello Tara. What's up guys? I have my list and my red pen ready because today we're discussing alien horror movies. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I say alien horror movies? Too many movies to count? There's just tons of (laughs) Decades and decades of these movies. Horror is one of those genres where it's so cheap and easy to make that it's not hard for companies to just pump out as many as they want of very questionable quality. So quantity over quality. Well, and they make money because people like me watch them. I'll be honest. I watch a lot of these trash movies. <laughs> and it's totally fine. Sometimes you do want just a stupid trash movie about people on a spaceship getting attacked by a giant space bear or something. Yeah, why not? Oh, actually, you know, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to see a giant <laughs> space bear. I mean, why not? There's yeah. all kinds of crazy things in space. The films we're discussing today are of a higher quality, at least. These are real movies, real studio movies that went to theaters. So they're not total trash. They're not red box movies. You may or may not like them. We'll get into it. The films we're discussing today are Species, Alien 3, Event Horizon, Prometheus, Alien Covenant, Pitch Black, Life, Annihilation, Cloverfield, A Quiet Place, A Quiet Place 2, and Under the Skin. So there is a bit of a cheat on this list. There are no aliens in Event Horizon, but it is a space set horror movie, so I wanted to include it. I mean, technically speaking, with Event Horizon, we don't have little green or gray aliens running around, but we do have a demon dimension. Seen as alien mostly implies as something otherworldly, I think that kind of qualifies still. I mean, they don't show the hellscape dimension that they go to. They just show the results of the people who have seen it. I'm not going to argue that there are aliens in it. There are no aliens in Event Horizon. But eh, you know what? It's a it's a pretty solid space horror movie. So you know what? Let's talk about it anyway. I love it. I'm just going to say when I first saw this movie, I don't. When did it come out? Event Horizon was '97. Okay, so I didn't like the scary movies. Freddy and Jason never did it for me. None of that stuff. But Event Horizon just scared the crap it out of me. Scared the hell out of me. I went and saw it with two of my guy friends, and all three of us were <laughs> were scared. And for the longest time, I used to say that Candyman, the original, and Event Horizon were the only movies to ever actually scare me. I mostly remember Event Horizon, you know, watching this after Jurassic Park and going, oh, cool, that's the dude from Jurassic Park. This is going to be really sweet. And then you see Event Horizon and you're like, whoa, he is not Alan Grant. Oh, my God, they're tearing their eyes out. And also realizing I need to learn Latin because apparently this is going to be a really big problem in the future if I can't tell the difference between save yourselves and save us. It's a ship in space and it's it was lost and it came back. Okay, this might be kind of interesting. I know it's going to be scary, but it can't be that scary. Yeah. And then you see the ship and you're like, whoa, they like designed this to be a gateway to hell. It's just an amazing movie. The effects are great and... The characters, I don't really remember too much of them except for how they died. (laughs) A lot of similar movies always end up with just picking off each character one by one, whether it's Alien or Supernova. My only disappointment, though, is the time that has passed since then, since Event Horizon came out. I rewatched it during the pandemic. It, It doesn't hold up. Where we're going, we don't need eyes to see. I still remember that. I can still remember exactly seeing that the first time. Some of the imagery in that movie just stuck with me. So you're a little more forgiving. Once the crew has discovered, hey, this is actually what happened. They all went crazy and they're killing each other. Lawrence Fishburne, he's the captain, I believe, Mm -hmm. right? His response is, screw this ship. We're leaving. 
Yeah. There, there's never once a part where he's thinking, maybe we can salvage it. Maybe we can still make money off of this. No. Yeah, you get all these movies like Virus or Ghost Ship where the characters experience some terrible, horrible thing or Anaconda. Yes. And they still keep going. And it was a big laugh in Event Horizon when they show you those terrible clips of the original crew pulling their own flesh apart and chanting. And he turns off the video and just goes, we're leaving. Yeah. It's like, it was just straight up. <laughs> like, this, nope, we're going. This is amazing. And I do remember also like the, the behind the scenes stuff where they were doing some of those, the, the doomed crew, mm-hmm. the technical aspect, they actually hired on like SNM groups to kind of help them. Hey, this is how this would work without us actually hurting someone. Yeah, and they had to cut so much. A rated R director's cut, like they would have. What probably is rated sh- R? The movie well, was rated R. They just needed they needed to get the R. Yeah, no, it, they had to cut stuff to get the R. Wow, it's still an amazing, good movie. I like it. I know some of the effects don't hold up, but a lot of the effects really don't hold just up. Just looking at the ship now, you're like, wow. I don't know how much of this was changed when it came back from the Hell Dimension, but assuming that only a little bit was changed, this thing just looks like a giant evil death trap. Yeah. The set design is incredible. The ship design and even yes. the weird spinning globe thing, the, mm-hmm. the Event Horizons drive that lets it jump through space and dimension, yes. apparently. You might wonder why a ship in space is covered with spikes. Like It's, it's a little weird, the amount of spikes that are in the ship, but, but we don't know whatever. That- we don't know technology in the future. Who knows? Space travel? And it could have something to do with that's what it got after it came back from the demon dimension. This thing just looks and screams out, get out of here. I don't completely buy Sam Neill's evil turn because his character turns evil and he basically becomes the bad guy at the end. Watching the movie, the answer is obvious that he is seen into the hell dimension or the soul of the ship and it's turned him into this evil being. I mean, to be fair, he's kind of a little unhinged already. We see at the start of the movie. And that's the problem. I think that's part of the problem that he should have been more of an innocent. That that could have worked too, but I like that also thought that he chose this because let's be honest here, you can be the victim of the ship or you can be the captain. And you know what? I'm going to be the captain. I like how we just spent the first five minutes of our alien horror podcast talking about the one movie that doesn't have aliens in it. But this is one of my three. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding this one for now. Really? I'm holding it for now. Wow. Again, you say the movie doesn't hold up, but I can actually watch this movie still or even just clips of it and get the same chills as the first time I saw it. Well, I will support your decision in that I remember the incredible feeling seeing it the first time. When you see the event horizon, it just is this horrible sense of, I'm not getting out of this alive. It's horror in the truest sense. Even though it takes place in space, it's a real horror movie. The original Alien is not on this list because I thought it would be unfair to include it because it is just an amazing classic. Kind of like with Jaws. We didn't Kind of like with Jaws. Aliens is not on here because that's more of a war movie. And then I did not include Alien Resurrection because that's more of a weird French sci-fi than a horror movie. But I do think Alien 3 would constitute as more of a horror film. And that's why Alien 3 is on here. And then I've also included Prometheus and Covenant, even though those do skew a little more sci-fi. But we've teased talking about Prometheus on pretty much every <laughs> Terra episode. So we're finally going to talk about Prometheus. It's the, it's the Bruno <laughs> of Ridley Scott movies, okay? Uh, we're going to talk about it. Alien 3, though, I like that they try to go back to the horror roots. As awesome as Aliens is, Alien 3 is closer in tone and yeah. mood to the first film. Alien 3 was derided. It was hated when it came out. I don't know that shaving her head did her any favors. Well, it's also because... She's the only woman on this prison planet and all the other ones are men. And so I think one of the thoughts is, hey, she shaves her head herself, doesn't she? She does. Well, she's told that they have a a problem with lice. And also, hey, if you look kind of more masculine, maybe it's not going to be such a big deal. 
I like Alien 3. I know it was torn apart by the studio and it almost made David Fincher quit movies. There is an alternative cut, not really a director's cut, but there is an alternative cut that's available that is interesting. It sort of fills in some gaps because if you watch the way the alien moves in the movie, it doesn't move like it came out of a dog. Because it was an ox. It was an ox. In alien mythology, the alien takes on features of whatever it comes out of. And so if an alien comes out of a person, it moves and looks more humanoid. If it comes out of an animal, it looks more animal-like. In Alien 3, it runs on all fours and it uses its head to bash at doors because in the original cut, it was supposed to have come out of an ox, but then the studio went back and reshot a whole bunch and it comes out of a dog instead. So it should be a lot smaller, but... There, there is an issue with scale. If you watch yeah. Alien 3, the alien seems to change sizes, but it is quite a bit smaller. It is almost like a large dog when it's running around. Alien 3 starts out with them killing off everyone but Ripley in the escape pod from Aliens 2. Yeah, and that's why the Neil Blomkamp Alien 5 that he was going to make was going to be a direct sequel to Aliens. Michael Bean's character and Newt were both going to be alive. So Hicks and Newt were going to be alive in the newest Alien movie. But most of the people are interchangeable. I mean, they were that way in Aliens 2. They were kind of interchangeable. They were all prisoners. You didn't really know too much about them. They were all bald. They were all dressed the same. They all had either British accents or badly disguised British accents. The only mostly interesting one, I think, was the leader. I don't remember his name, but he gave a little kind of inspiring speech of, let's fight this thing. It's the only source of hope in the entire movie, and then everyone pretty much dies. Ripley kills herself. The scene it's a with, depressing movie, man. The scene with it the alien bummer. actually like confronting her and snarling and then leaving makes you go, okay, something's kind of weird here. They didn't hide that there was an alien inside her. It was pretty obvious from the opening credits. They even yeah. show like an x-ray scan of a face hugger on somebody, and you don't know who it is. But then she cracks open Newt, and it's not inside her, so process of elimination. It was Bishop. I want to see a xenomorph that pops out of an android. You know, as silly (laughs) as that sounds, I want to see that too. I I really do. I mean, if the xenomorph takes on the characteristics of whatever it comes out of, I want to see some kind of alien that's totally armored. There are a lot of comics that have explored the different types of aliens that come out of different types of creatures. There are like lobster alien looking things. There are all sorts of different ones. It could be interesting. But Alien 3 is so disappointing and so depressing. I do like it. I am one of those people that has defended Alien 3. I understand that it's not that great, but I still like it. I can like it, but after Aliens, it's such a letdown. Even the director almost quit Hollywood. That's how much of a bad experience he had making it. Aliens, again, one of my favorite movies, can't stop talking about that one, but there's still this element of hope that we can still get out, we can still survive. There's still going to be a way for us to escape. And you trust Ripley and her leadership. And there's a reason why Sigourney Weaver received a Best Actress Oscar nomination for Aliens. She's badass and awesome in it. Yes, she's amazing. And Alien 3, a downer from the start to the end. I remember reading the novelization (laughs) back in the day. I think they probably still do. But they used to make paperback novelizations of movies all the time. And I had to keep a handwritten list of all the characters' names and cross off people as they got (laughs) killed. Because they are so interchangeable. In Alien 3... Everyone looks the same. They're all bald, dirty, and dressed the same. You don't learn their names. You don't learn their personalities, except for maybe two of them. Everyone else really blends together. You don't understand who is dying and who's alive at any given point, really. Alien 3, I'm not going to keep. I'm not keeping Alien 3. I am hanging on to Prometheus for now. I know it's gotten a lot of hate over the years. It's one of those movies that invites you to figure stuff out yourself and to speculate. The script, when it was originally written did have everything kind of explained. And I felt like that when they cut all that stuff out, they lost a lot of people. They purposefully didn't want to explain it to the audiences. People came away kind of 
disappointed because Prometheus didn't fully make sense. Let's just start with some of the complaints that people have, okay? I hate the old man makeup at the beginning. They put Guy Pierce in old man makeup. It looks terrible. The idea, I believe, was that he was going to play a version of the character young, which he did in the sequel eventually, but he doesn't in Prometheus, and so it makes almost no sense to put an actor in their 40s in old man makeup to look 90, and it looks awful. People also complain that a biologist takes his helmet off to play with an alien. I will disagree with that in that characters that are dumb are dumb in that universe. People make mistakes. Was he dumb? Yes. Is the movie dumb for doing that? No. I will say my biggest thing about Prometheus, other than the characters are boring and flat and nothing makes sense and the story is stupid. I used to, when I first saw Prometheus and Covenant, my first big thing was you're on an alien planet. Why does everyone take their helmets off as soon as, hey, we think there's oxygen. Helmets off. We're going to touch things. We're going to start sniffing alien flowers. But they do that more in Covenant. After surviving the past... Two years of COVID, I've got to say, the movies were spot on on that. (laughs) They were incredibly spot on. I'm going to wear this mask and possibly save myself. But on the other hand, there's this really cool animal over here. I want to poke with my bare hands. I I know my rights. (laughs) A lot of people complain about character motivations because we're used to having everything explained. When the boyfriend gets drunk because he's disappointed with what they found, and then David puts that goo in his drink, people didn't like that because they didn't understand. But why? Why did he do that? And the answer is because he was curious. David put that goo in his drink just to see what happened because David is in the same situation as him. David knows who made him though, and he doesn't understand why. So he wants to see what will happen when he makes something. And so he puts that goo in his drink. And I think that's really clever. I think that's really interesting. I do like how David asked for permission in a way, because he's still almost bound by that Android rule of do no harm, do no harm. So he even asks him in a roundabout way, you know, what would you do? What would you be willing to give, you know, to, to have the answers you seek? And the movie doesn't say point blank, but essentially what it tells you is that the engineers, those giant, like seven foot tall, bald, albino, muscular alien creatures. In the beginning, one of them goes to a planet, drinks a liquid and dissolves and dies and goes in the water. The implication is that they created humanity, that that was Earth. And then later on in the movie, when the engineer wakes up and immediately turns violent and punches David's head off, audience members didn't understand why he was reacting with such violence. And if you watch the movie, there's that sequence later in the movie where they find that hologram, the historical record of all these people running and that door slamming and the engineers killing a bunch of people 2000 years ago. Because why? Why is he angry? Why did that happen? They don't tell you. But if you think about it, especially tied into the beginning with the creation of humanity, What happened 2,000 years ago was Jesus. That's an allegory, though, because what we see in the hologram is not humans. It's engineers, and they're running, and it looks as though the black goo has escaped, and so they're all freaking out. They were saying that Jesus was an engineer, and humans killed him. When the goo got out, they were on their way back to Earth to kill Earth. And so when the engineer wakes up and becomes violent, killing the humans he sees in front of him, he's back on his mission to kill off humanity. It's just so convoluted, though. Oh, see, I... I don't even think convoluted is the right word. It's just that you have to make those leaps yourself. You have to interpret it yourself. And people want answers handed to them. I do enjoy how their version of science, once they actually have the engineer head, they pop the helmet off, which is pretty disappointing. Because in the first Alien, you see, you know, the the space engineer, the space jockey, they, they call, call him. They call it the jockey, yeah. Yeah. And you assume, okay, well, that could be armor, but it just looks like a giant otherworldly alien, not necessarily a xenomorph. To realize, oh, look, the engineers created humanity because our DNA is the same. That does not mean that engineers created humanity. It means that the engineers are humans if our DNA is exactly the same. But essentially, yeah, they they may have used an engineer as a base. I'm like, this is like almost a science fair kind of. Yeah, it's kind of fun. (laughs) 
But I love Prometheus. I think it's fascinating. There are some stupid parts like Charlize Theron not knowing how to run right or left when a giant spaceship is rolling towards her. How about the uh, geologist who maps out the entire complex and then they get lost? The biologist who freaks out over seeing a dead body? The captain who abandons okay, two Okay, members. okay, okay. Either I, way. Well, I did like David. David was interesting. I liked his character arc. Fassbender is awesome as David. He's amazing. In Prometheus. In Prometheus. <laughs> I will, we're talking Prometheus still. You can keep Prometheus. I will say Prometheus was a beautiful movie. The landscape shots were awesome, but it just had this sense of you have to figure all this out and interpret it all by yourself, which is great if that's what you want. I didn't want the answers necessarily handed to me like the characters say, oh, I think this is the reason this happens. It just didn't go anywhere. All right. Well, can we at least agree that Alien Covenant is awful? Covenant is a direct sequel to Prometheus and it's awful. (laughs) It is so bad. I feel like Ridley Scott was too influenced by all of the haters of Prometheus and tried to course correct kind of like Rise of Skywalker. And instead they made a slasher movie, a slasher movie, a pseudo remake of the first alien kind of by having a Ripley type character again. And weirdly Covenant has a cut scene that they put online of all the crew together having this dinner. And it's essentially the introduction scene for all the characters. Oh yeah. And it's not in the film itself. So when you watch James Franco die, you have no understanding that he is the captain why he's in the movie, or that he's the husband of the main character. The best part of Covenant, though, I will say, after James Franco, who is the captain, after he dies, the captain becomes Billy Crudup's character, who is a religious man who is completely incapable of leading, and he knows it. He doesn't believe that he can lead these people, and he's falling back on his faith to give him the answers. And it is interesting. It, it adds a depth to this character that no one else has in the movie. And you could have made a whole movie about a character like him stepping up into a leadership role, and instead, they kill him off almost immediately. Well, isn't he also the one that he doesn't trust David, and David's like, hey, look at this kind of giant weird thing. Yeah, stick your face over this egg. Right over here. I will say, I remember seeing the trailer for Covenant, and I was still excited. Then you see the movie, and you're like, wow, the people who did the trailer editing deserve, you know, an award or something. All of the complaints that people have about Prometheus, to me, are true about Covenant. The characters are ridiculous. You can't tell them apart. You don't understand how they're connected to each other because all the characters in Covenant are meant to be married couples on this journey. And you can't tell. Unless you can't they... tell who's married to who. The kills are incredibly gory, which is kind of nice. Some of the special effects seem like they're unfinished. Yeah. You don't like anybody in the entire movie except for maybe Danny McBride as the pilot with the cowboy hat. I saw Covenant in theaters and hated it and... My friend Sean wanted me to go see it with him, and I told him only if he bought the ticket and a popcorn and a hot dog. (laughs) And did he? He did. I mean, even after Prometheus, when I saw just the trailer for Covenant, seeing the xenomorph, David's not in it, we're not going to talk about Prometheus, it has nothing to do with that movie, and then you see the movie. Fassbender, again, does a good job as both of the robots. It's just such a crap movie. I never want to watch Alien Covenant ever again. I do enjoy the kind of unintentionally hilarious parts, like where it's got the two robots and they have a flute. And you're laughing the entire time going, someone filmed this. They seriously filmed this without cracking a smile. This is supposed to be some kind of touching moment between like two brothers having a common ground. And the special effects are incredible. The way they blended two Michael Fassbenders together, it's almost flawless. The other big thing i hate about covenant and besides the entire movie (laughs) to have david just make the aliens because he wants to play god creator oh that's 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 a detail right there sorry i interrupted you again i hate so much (laughs) when movies especially prequels have to explain everything i did not need to know where the aliens came from i did not need to know who made them 
or why, especially when those reasons are really stupid. Yeah, this makes no sense and it's stupid. It is not satisfying that David made the aliens. I know the engineers had the planet and the black goo and he went back and destroyed all of them. I just don't buy any of that. I don't buy pretty much anything about Covenant. It's just a horribly stupid movie. It was a studio and a director trying to please everyone who didn't like the previous movie. And it was a mistake. I think that's a mistake. I don't think anyone I've ever talked to likes Covenant. It looked so freaking awesome in the trailers. I still remember seeing the dude when he's got the backbursters, they call it. Gory is not a word I would have used to describe most of the Alien movies, but Alien Covenant is gory. I'm going to cross off life and Annihilation. I know Annihilation has its fans. Annihilation is pretty. The creativity with the special effects and the creatures. That bear, man. That bear Yeah, the is... bear, the screaming bear. Holy crap, oh my... that was the creepiest moment ever. Like That's like on Event Horizon style of, oh my god. So scary. I like the mystery. I like the visual look of the film, but Annihilation just bored me. I was just bored the whole time. And life was kind of cheap. forgettable. That was the one with that little Calvin named alien. And it was even implied or suspected that life was going to be a prequel to Venom. Because the alien oh. is basically Venom, if you watch it, especially mm. when it crashes at the end and Jake Gyllenhaal is webbed up in that black goo. Yeah. Because Sony did life and Sony owns Venom. That would have been a weird twist. That would have been a weird reveal. You're watching a Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal space alien horror movie, and yeah. then at the end you find out it's a Venom movie. That would have actually been a really good way to like start the Venom stuff. Yeah. Life is an easy movie to watch. It's an alien on a spaceship movie where the crew gets picked off one by one. They kill off the most famous person first which you should figure out because he's third build. They have that little kind of attempted twist at the end where you're not sure if... The, which pod? Yeah, the which pod is ejected into the sun or something. Which pod lands on Earth? And you're like, well, I'm pretty sure I know which one's going to land on Earth. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. If you need a studio horror movie to watch, then yeah, watch Life. It's fine. I don't hate it at all, really. I don't really have much else to add. I am crossing it off. I am crossing off Annihilation. I love the visuals, again, of Annihilation. It is a wildly creative film, but I'm just bored. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm crossing off life. I'm going to keep Annihilation for now. I mean, the visuals are amazing. The story's pretty good. You can obviously tell the twist coming towards the end if you want to call it really a twist. It's not really even really a twist. But yeah. I do like the idea behind Annihilation. I'm just going to hold on to it for now. The creatures and yeah, that bear scene. I would encourage you to go on YouTube just to watch the bear scene. But out of context, it may not be that creepy. But when you're watching the film, it is goosebumpy. It sends a shiver up your spine, man. I'll hold it for now just because damn that bear, man. That is yeah. some freaking stuff. All right, the Cloverfield movies. I like the first one. I'm not a huge found footage fan, although Cloverfield was one of the early ones. The sequel, we're not going to talk about 10 Cloverfield Lane, but it was good. The third movie, though, that went to Netflix, The Cloverfield Paradox, which was not a Cloverfield movie until they slapped the title on there and shot a few new scenes, was awful. But the first movie, I like it. I am tempted to actually keep Cloverfield. I did rewatch it, and it's not as amazing or thrilling as when it first came out because when it first came out we really hadn't seen a found footage movie on that scale there had been other found footage movies usually cheap horror movies about exorcisms or whatever and Blair Witch kind of style stuff ah but Blair Witch is amazing uh, no, don't I'm, I'm you even saying, don't Blair start Blair Witch was the first one of its kind but we remember mostly the crappy sequels we remember the crappy sequels yeah I'm not besmirching your witch movie dude we hadn't seen a found footage movie on the scale of Cloverfield and that lent it some interesting ideas and moments I like Cloverfield. Um, it has great moments, but it's not really one of those movies I ever want to revisit, you know? But I do like Cloverfield. I think it's good. I'm hesitant, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and cross it off. I'm going to cross off Cloverfield. 
I'm crossing them all off. I was never really a big fan of the movie, even the first one. And I think that was the one towards the very end. You actually saw a visual of the creature. They saved it until the very end. Yeah, they hide it. Which was great because sometimes what you can't see makes it even better. Yeah, like Jaws. But then when you actually do see it, it's like, oh, really? That's kind of, okay. Well, aliens are supposed to look alien. It has a bunch of tentacles and like a tusk. Just reminded me of something like a, a knockoff Godzilla villain that they were like desperately trying to make something new. Are you complaining about the alien design in Cloverfield? Yeah. All right, whatever. What do you think about the Quiet Place movies? I like the one part they had in the second movie where the flashback where the aliens first landed. Yeah, that was a cool sequence. And just the utter chaos. And then it cuts to the deaf daughter and how terrifying that was because she's standing there. She's seen all this insanity happen, but it's silent. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to somebody else who can hear and you can hear the scream. You can hear the monsters. You can hear everything. But doing it from her point of view, you're like, wow, that was actually kind of cool. I kind of wish they did more of the movie in that. Part two, I would almost described as kind of more of an action-adventure movie than a horror film. The first one was more horror. The second one has its moments, of course. It was more of a survival movie. I don't like the older boy in part two. Did not like the second one, and the first one was kind of good, The Quiet Place. I liked the premise of it, but just watching the first 10 minutes where they're going to the pharmacy or the drugstore to get the stuff, all I could think was, wow, this family really wants to lose a kid or two. They're going to try and cut their losses early on. And I know some people said, well, why don't they just live by the waterfall? If you can make noise by the waterfall, why don't you just stay there? But then there'd be no movie. They had the trailer for A Quiet Place on during the Super Bowl that year, if okay. I remember right. Sure. And It was then, the sequence with the boy, right? Yeah, with the little the se- space shuttle? When they have them leaving the pharmacy and they've got little bits of food and they've got medication for the older boy, they walk in a line where it's dad, mom, deaf girl, and then the four-year-old at the very end. So... I don't know why they were trying to kill that kid off so quickly, but they- (laughs) Are you saying they did it on purpose? I'm saying the family was like, look, she's got a bun in the oven. It made no sense how they organized it. I know why they did it. Well, it motivates the story, and it shows the audience the threat, which is fine. How many creatures were there? Do we actually know the number of them? Oh, who knows? No idea. I assume they just took over the whole planet. No idea. I think part one is a very watchable movie. I would recommend it. I don't own it. I don't love it. Part two was a slight step down in quality, just a little bit. Nothing major. I don't really have any big complaints about part two. It's very, very similar to the first movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't love part one. Same here. I mean, The Quiet Place was pretty cool. And there's just better alien invasion movies and scarier ones. I would say that these movies are perfectly fine. And I know we've talked about using the word <laughs> fine. fine as like They're a dismi- cute. <laughs> or cute as a dismissive comment. But I don't think there's anything wrong with them. They're good. They're perfectly good movies. There's just no love. I'm not enthralled or amazed by them they're just good which you know what there's nothing wrong with good i'm crossing them both off i do like species it has also not aged entirely well part two was awful when it came out and it's still awful the straight to video sequels three and four are okay actually they're not bad but part one part one is a classic at this point it's been 26 years right we can say it's a classic right It's been a long time. And I remember actually seeing this movie in the theaters with my mom and my brother. That's how long ago this was. I love the design of Syl. She looks awesome. She was designed by H.R. Giger, who designed the Xenomorph. Yeah, you can absolutely tell that it was the same guy who created the aliens. But in a good way, not in a bad way. CG in 96 or 95, when the species came out, wasn't entirely ready for humans. Yeah. The dinosaurs look great in Jurassic Park, obviously. And we've we've talked about special effects before and how we weren't quite ready to make a fully realistic humanoid-looking creature. And the filmmakers themselves have acknowledged this after the fact. If you watch any of the special features, they talk about how they were forced by the studio to use CG because they had a full costume and they had a full puppet. 
and they filmed, I believe, everything using the, the costume or the puppet of Syl. And the studio said, CG is popular. It's what the kids like. Let's make her CG. Mm-hmm. And so if you watch the end of Species, when she's jumping around over that fire pit, it looks really bad. Arguably could have looked a whole lot better if they just left it alone. But up until that point, it's mostly practicals to the point where you can even see like stuntmen dressed in giant black socks pushing dummies out of cars. <laughs> you know, this was the 90s. We couldn't hide all the tricks. We didn't have all that much CGI yet. Yeah. And Species is about two hours long and not a lot actually happens in it. There's a lot of dialogue, a lot of scenes of people figuring stuff out, which I like. I like all of the characters. But memory tends to go back to how sexy it was and how sexy still is and how the gore was pushing the R rating to its extreme. And you watch it now and it's kind of quaint. If they were to do a remake of Species like in today's society, it'd be a lot easier for Syl because all she has to do is get a cell phone and look up Tinder and say, okay. Yeah. If they made Species today, they'd probably cut all the nudity out. That's true. But I like Species. I know it's yeah. the product of its time. It's the 90s. I like movies where people are put in situations and have to figure it out. And yes. Species, for as famous as Syl is and how Natasha Henstridge became super famous when it came out, Species is really about an empath, a scientist, and a hitman working together to track an alien. It's really about them in a terrible situation trying to track an alien. And when you watch Species from the point of view, not from the humans, but from Syl, it is kind of a sad movie. You kind of like Syl as a character as well, because as far as she knows, she's this girl who was just made in a lab. She doesn't really understand anything. They tried to kill her. She escapes. And all of a sudden, now she's an adult. And she goes through this almost kind of dark comedy where she's trying to get with different dudes. For the first 75 minutes or so, she's not an evil villain. She has an innocence about her where she is just trying to mate. And yeah, she kills people, but she doesn't seem to fully understand the process or what she's doing. Eventually, when she catches on that she's being hunted, she does start her turn into basically more just evil alien territory. Survival mode from her point of view. Yeah, she's not born evil and you believe the change. You buy that she doesn't understand what's happening and you buy her switching into defense mode. Which makes total sense because as far as she's concerned, she's just trying to have a kid. She's just, you know, perpetuating her species. So I do like species. Some of it might be the nostalgia. I think it holds up. Other than the really bad CG sill jumping around at the end, I think it holds up really well. It's still very interesting. If you like the idea of smart characters in an unreal situation, then it's cool. I like it. And the characters actually have their characters. It's not just interchangeable people. They have different personalities and you understand each one of them because really there's only about six characters in the movie. Yeah. I like it. I like Species. I'm hanging on to it for now. The only two left are Pitch Black and Under the Skin, which are both radically different movies. So in another episode, we pit the Riddick franchises against Terminator and Matrix and Robocop, and I did end up eliminating the Riddick movies. In that episode, I pointed out that I love that series. I really do. We're not talking about parts two or three because those weren't really alien horror movies, but the first one was. The first one is a real horror movie. I love Pitch Black. It's kind of neat to go back and watch it now and see Vin Diesel before he became the big personality that he is today. Pitch Black takes the anti-hero idea and runs with it well before anti-heroes became a significant thing in modern movies and television. The idea of this murderer having to actually work with people to get out of a situation that all of them would otherwise die in. He's not a bad guy with a heart of gold. He's a bad guy who is forced to be a good guy because he has to. It's a very good amazing way to look at it. And they actually pull off a pretty neat twist at the end where the two main characters are holding on to each other and you see that one of them gets stabbed and blood falls 
and you think that it's going to be Vin, you think that's going to be Riddick because he's the bad guy who turned good, so he's had his redemption arc. And instead, the main good guy gets sucked off into the blackness and dies, and Vin is left standing there. And so you kind of buy with the sequels his change in character because not only did he have to be a good guy, even granted for selfish reasons, he watches the good guy who defended him die in his arms. And that is kind of a very good a reason to do the turn. It, it gives him a character motivation that makes sense. He's still a killer in the next two movies, but he has changed in a way that makes sense in the context of Pitch Black. I like that. That's a good way to look at it. I'm going to hang on to that one for now, and let's double back to Under the Skin, which is a bizarre Scarlett Johansson alien movie that, not to be crude, is most famous because she gets completely naked in it. Was this a big deal in theaters, or I mean... Oh, no, it was, I think it was by A24 before they became as popular as they are, and so it didn't really get much of a theatrical release, but it was only known because she gets really naked a lot in this movie, and welcome to America. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's Scarlett Johansson, okay? It is a moody, quiet, weird movie. What it's about is she is an alien who takes the form of Scarlett Johansson. I think she murders somebody and takes their skin and wears it. She drives around Scotland picking up strangers, talking to them, and then kills them in really haunting ways. The visuals are of them walking into a pool of black liquid while she stands on the water and they sink. And then she absorbs and sucks up everything that's inside them except for their skin. The nudity is graphic, but it's just these haunting shots of these two naked people walking towards each other and one of them sinking. And that's the symbolism of her killing them. And a lot of it was shot almost... um, improvisational style she actually would pick up people and like talk to strangers they weren't actors and because she wasn't completely famous yet and it was a small town in scotland she was able to actually have conversations with strangers and like ask for directions and Mm -hmm. some of them would get in the car and she would have conversations with them and so when you watch the movie the acting is very natural in it because a lot of them are real people thinking they're just having a real conversation with a stranger that's really cool the movie though realistically would probably bore nine out of ten people it's just driving talking dreamy death scene driving talking dreamy death scene so there's no screaming over there at any point and over again eventually it does build to a very sad sequence where she gets hunted at the end but there's not a lot of movie there's really no plotting it's not really about anything no action sequences no one talking about how there's an alien and we have to stop her it's just mood and tone and music and there's this electronic hum that goes throughout almost the entire movie and it's a very naturalistic, slow movie, which usually means boring for most people. I think it's brilliant. It's kind of weird. Most people haven't seen this movie still, or? Most people are probably aware of clips of this movie. So they're like, okay, here's a, here's a thing where she's nude and the rest of it doesn't really matter because it's just kind of boring. I'm sure general audiences would not be interested in this movie at all. Hmm. If I absolutely loved it, if this was one of those weird movies where I was screaming to the heavens that you don't understand how great it is. Like Prometheus? There are some movies like, in another episode, Iron Monkey, that has pretty much been forgotten over the last 20 years. That is great. And I will holler at anyone like, hey, watch that movie. It's awesome. If you want to watch a martial arts movie, oh man, that movie is great. I will say that. But under the skin, I can't say like, hey, if you like dramatic mood, trippy alien movies, you should check this out. I really can't say that because I don't think a lot of people will like it. If you want to watch a trippy, kind of moody, sci-fi, scary thing, Color Out of Space is much more your style, I would say. But that has Nick Cage in it. And and it was also directed by Richard Stanley, who has been accused of some pretty awful things. Ooh, that's, that's who, yeah. yeah. Under the Skin, I'm going to drop. It looks cool. The premise is interesting, but it's just kind of dull overall. 
I'm going to have to pretty much agree with that. I'm going to have to support everything you just said. I'm sorry. I don't dislike it. I like Under the Skin, but if I were to call it dull, that would be more of my interpretation of other people's thoughts on it. It's really about nothing. That loses a lot of people. I am going to cross off Under the Skin as well. It is absolutely a curious film to see. So if anything we've said has made you think that you might be interested, check it out. It's a weird, unusual movie. I guarantee you that you have not seen any other movie like it. I do wonder if we're jerks for crossing off the one art film on here, Tara, and only having popcorn movies left. I've got four left, so I'm going to have to drop one of them. I have Species, Event Horizon, Prometheus, and Pitch Black. What do you have left? Species, Event Horizon, Pitch Black, and Annihilation. I am torn between keeping either Event Horizon or Prometheus. It's between Pitch Black and Annihilation, and Annihilation's really only going for that really scary bear scene. But that can't save the entire movie, so I have to drop Annihilation and keep in Pitch Black. All right. And then I have come to my decision as well. I feel like you're going to be a little upset by it. I know what this is going to be. This, <laughs> this is payback for Chicken Run, isn't it? Oh, come on. Chicken Run's amazing. Okay, anyway. Chicken Run is boring. Oh. oh. <laughs> oh you should I'm see the so look. mad. You just need to look at his chicken face run right is now. A, well, Chicken Run is a... Oh, okay. Dude, okay. Right, no, 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 no. Stop. You, no, 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 no. What are your three? <laughs> what are your three? My three are Species, Event Horizon, and Pitch Black. As for me, now playing this week at Valley West Cinemas are Species, Prometheus, and Pitch Black. What do you think? Let us know on Twitter at VWestCinemas or Instagram at ValleyWestCinemas underscore podcast. If you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash podcast. And of course, please rate and review wherever you listen. That helps us a bunch. I'm your host, Aaron. I was joined today by Tara. Thank you for listening.